You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Happy Friday, everybody. And welcome into the show. A reminder that Fridays on Locked On NBA, you can listen to Locked On NBA and you'll get to hear Nick Engstead of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets. They power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Friday, everybody. Again, packed show today. Um, Lots to talk about. The Timberwolves had a a press conference this week introducing some new members of the organization as well as reintroducing Jared Vanderbilt, Jordan McLaughlin. Um, And there's some key quotes from that I want to run through today, some key things that came up. Also, Carl Anthony Towns gave an interview to Mark Carmen over on Fansided. Of course, I write for Dunkin' with Wolves of Fansided. So I want to go through a few of those um, talking or I guess uh, conversation points from the interview between Kat and Mark Carmen. And then also ESPN had a piece on predictions for this year at the Western Conference uh, finish based on some voting that their experts did at ESPN. The Wolves are a lot lower than they should be. So I want to get into that here a little bit as well. That'll be the show today. A reminder that you can follow and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and it's everywhere. It's everywhere and it's for free. Apple, Google, Spotify, um, Stitcher, of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. Uh, that's Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Also, a reminder we're on YouTube. This is the end of our third week on YouTube. I think this is like episode nine. Um, so if you're not already watching on YouTube or if you're not already subscribed, please do so. Um, and, uh, you know, new channel. So, could use all the likes, subscribes, views, whatever you can do on YouTube would be awesome. Um, all right, let's go ahead and start with the press conference conversation. You know, what went down uh, this week? So the Wolves, basically, they were reintroducing Jordan McLaughlin, Jared Vanderbilt, each of them signing multi-year extensions with the Wolves uh, officially earlier this week. We're a week, a week uh, past now when this was reported in the media um, towards the end of last week. So I think it was like Friday night last week. Um so they were reintroduced. Torian Prince, of course, was acquired on draft day uh, leading into the draft several weeks ago. He was introduced. Then also Patrick Beverly. And Beverly was kind of the headliner, um, and, and rightfully so. I think Torian Prince is is uh, a, a nice rotational piece. Patrick Beverly's a legit, you know, second team all NBA defense type guy. I talked a lot about him on the show, um, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the trade again mo- more recently. But I thought, interestingly, one of the focuses, oh, and also Leandro Balmaro, obviously. He was also part of this too. Beverly was still kind of the guy who got most of the headlines following, you know, the write-ups in, in local media, et cetera, because of his comments, of course, and talked about this too before, that he's never missed the playoffs in his entire career, first with Houston, then with the Clippers. And of course, he said he doesn't plan to now. Obviously, right, nobody's going to say, yeah, well, that streak might come to an end. You know, that so shouldn't have been a headline, but but there we go. Um and and talked a lot about defense and and it it makes sense that's that's Patrick Patrick Beverly's calling card we know that and um, what he brings the edge he's going to bring to the Timberwolves defensively and the defensive skills is massive uh, is is massively important one of the quotes this is uh, transcribed by Chris Hine at the Star Tribune he said uh, Rosas this is reading directly from Chris's piece at the Star Star Trib he says Rosas said it is hard to swing a deal for a player like Beverly who quote can change the whole defense that's Rosas's portion the Wolves hope he can have a big impact on raising their defensive rating from 28th last season Rosas said quote we have to change the culture change 
the environment and we have a guy that has the urgency that fights, that'll do whatever it takes to make sure we're successful. Um, and I've talked about that on the show quite a bit. There's, there's so many different layers to it. Number one, Beverly competes, right? He plays hard and that's a huge part of the battle, believe it or not in the NBA, that's a huge part of the battle is carrying on the defensive end of the floor and playing hard. The other piece of course is, is the knowledge, right? Of timing, spacing. And actually Beverly talked about that. I'll get to his quote here in a minute, understanding where you need to be and when and playing hard. And then there's also the physical tools. I mean, Beverly's not huge. He's got a nice wingspan and you know, for a point guard, he's not super undersized, but he's not a big guard, right? So that's the only piece he's only, he's a little bit missing and he's on the wrong side of 30 now and, and he gets hurt. He's been hurt quite a bit in his career. So that's the only downside, but nobody plays harder than Patrick Beverly. Nobody gets under your, that's another maybe underrated piece of defense is getting under guy's skin, um, just being obnoxious. Beverly does that to the point occasionally of being accused of, of being a dirty player. Um, but if he plays hard and plays tough and plays with an edge and knows where he needs to be and when, um, that's massively important um, for the Timberwolves and, and for any team that Beverly's been on. There's a reason why his teams get to the playoffs every year uh, because he he is so good on the defensive end of the floor. I want to read Pat Bev's quote. Um, he said, he talked about becoming students of the game. He says, quote, uh, it's important to quote, understand what's going on, understand positioning, understand spacing, understand timing, and once you understand those things, you're a student of the game, and then you're able to become a teacher. When you're able to teach the defense or teach that position, you put yourself in the position to be successful defensively. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, how often do I talk about, oh, I can, I can answer this. All the time, I talk about um, positioning, spacing, timing. All those things are so important on both ends of the floor. But if if there's a player that already understands that and has that baseline, I mean, that's so such a big piece of being a good defender in the NBA and also being a good off, all-around offensive player is knowing where you need to be and when. And Beverly is a master at that, really on both ends of the floor, but especially defensively. And he talks in this article about, you know, making sure that they're consistent, that they get locked in. You you control what you can control, some of those more cliche types of things. But the timing and spacing piece is so important. And the fact that Beverly is somebody who not only understands that, but can execute it and can also articulate to teammates, hey, this is the expectation. This is how you need to play defense at the NBA level is very important. So if you missed the press conference, go back and watch it. I think the Wolves put it out on social media in its entirety. I think it's probably also on Timberwolves.com. Some good write-ups out there. Chris Hine from the Star Tribunes was really great. Um, but the key, I guess one other thing was Rosas talked a little bit about Leandro Balmaro being uh, the basically the Latin version of Mr. 94 Feet, the Argentinian version of Mr. 94 Feet, which is, of course, Patrick Beverly's nickname because he he picks up full court defense. He plays hard. He's competitive. You look at the guys the Wolves brought in, the roster is largely the same. And you, and a guy in Ricky Rubio, who's a, a good defender, a great team defender, plays hard, cares. He's gone, but you bring in a guy like Beverly, who's a better version of Rubio defensively, and Balmaro, who the Wolves don't have anybody like Balmaro on the defensive end of the floor. McDaniel's going to get more minutes. Vanderbilt's back. That's four guys right there with the defensive edge. They're going to play hard defensively. Vanderbilt, McDaniel's, uh, Bomaro and Beverly at Josh Okoge, suddenly five of your top 11 guys on this roster, 12 guys maybe, are very likely plus defenders at the NBA level. And if nothing else, they have size and they play hard. And those things really, really matter. Um, and and I'll, I'll allude or I'll, I'll call back on this later in the episode when I want to talk about the Western Conference predictions, which I, I mean, well, uh, that's, that's, that's a conversation for later in the show today. But 
um, the press conference had this theme of like, of, of defense and, and effort and consistency, whether it was Rosas or, or Beverly were the guys that echoed it the most, but Finch, Chris Finch talked a little bit about it as well. And the defensive versatility of guys and the three and the four being basically the same. And in today's NBA, uh, the position you play is basically equals the position that you're guarding defensively, right? Because the offensive pieces are so interchangeable, especially in Finch's system. Um, but anyway, it's fascinating. Go back and watch that or listen to it if you can. Um, but get excited about Patrick Beverly, Leonardo Balmaro, especially defensively, um, you know, this season for the Wolves. It's going to be a ton of fun. Next, I want to get into the the Towns interview. I want to talk about a couple of other quick notes and then get into the NBA predictions thing on ESPN. Uh, because uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, I think every time I say that, I roll my eyes. Um, and uh, so if you want to see that, subscribe on the YouTube and you'll see you'll see how I really feel about about these ESPN predictions. Uh, but I'll get into that here in a second. First, uh, though, let's talk about our great friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. Did you know that Built Bar has over nine delicious flavors? There's nine staple flavors of those. Mint brownie, coconut, cookies and cream are all fantastic. Um, and again, it's a protein bar, so it's healthy, but it tastes just like a candy bar. Honestly, it doesn't taste like a typical protein bar. You can get a mix box right now on builtbar.com. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only do they taste the best, they're incredibly healthy. The macros in Built Bar are 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from only 130 per bar up to 180, um, only four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams net carbs. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is awesome. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's also talk about Sweatblock. Sweatblock, um, some of our new friends here at, at uh, Lockdown Wolves, and um, there's a few things in life that just are not fun to talk about. One of them is sweating excessively. Plenty of people deal with it. I've dealt with it from time to time myself whether it's public speaking, maybe it's an interview, uh, a speech, uh, first date, whatever it might be, you got to use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply them at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you'll wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know it sounds good, too good to be true, but you literally only have to use Sweatblock once, maybe twice a week. It'll keep you dry the entire week. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirt based on which one will hide sweat better. Sweatblock wipes are doctor created and doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. Uh, seriously, I tried it uh, last week for the first time, two weeks ago maybe for the first time. And you know, one wipe per week is good. You're good to go. Dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. This has even been featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters. Currently, it's number one on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. You can wear whatever you want to wear. It'll be your little secret to confidence. It's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. If it's a big presentation, a hot date, whatever it might be, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is dealing with excessive sweating, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on for 20% off at sweatblock.com. You can also get it on Amazon or CVS. But again, I recommend going to sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off. Okay, uh, let's talk about a couple of other quick Wolves notes. First, uh, Carl Anthony Towns uh, did an interview with Mark Carmen, who's the the video person over at fansided.com. Um, and it was about a 15 minute interview, uh, really kind of all about the off season. They spend kind of the first part of the off season, or excuse me, first part of the interview talking about uh, the hardships that Towns and his family have gone through, the tragic 
passing of his his mother, Jackie, uh, early in 2020 uh, due to complications from COVID-19. They talk about that, his relationship with his mom, his relationship with his dad, how that's changed and how it's stayed the same um, and how his overall approach both to life um, and then on and off the court. And Kat talks a lot about giving back and is truly, ge- I mean, Kat's always genuine, but in this interview, he's really genuine about giving back to the community. And it's not just money, but it's time and it's quality time he talks about, which I think is really cool and really important. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first part of the interview. The second part they get into, um, you know, town says, of course, you know, I think we'll make the playoffs this year. I hope we make the playoffs. What more do you want me to say? Talk a little bit about how much he liked Allen Iverson growing up. He mentions working out with Aaron Rodgers, uh, Packers quarterback in the off season. Um, he talks about Patrick Beverly's impact. Uh, Mark asked him, Mark Carmen asked him about Patrick Beverly and what he can bring to the team. Um, Towns talks about working on his body, uh, wants to play in both the post and from outside the arc. It's, it's really a wide ranging, about a 15 minute interview. Um, so go check that out on uh, fansided.com. And uh, I'm going to have a write up at Dunky with Wolves on some of the high points from it as well here in the coming days. So go check out that interview. Um, And then one other random note that I thought was fascinating. This is something that came up a few months ago, or I guess really kind of right towards the beginning of last season, uh, which was like in December. So I guess really a few months ago, believe it or not, the start of last season. Um, And that's this, this idea of a million dollar tournament in season. And, and by that, I mean a million dollars per player. This is just more of an overall NBA note. And I wanted to to just kind of talk through it because I think it's interesting. Um, the report was initially, uh, like a year ish ago, almost a year ago. Um, or I guess it was more towards the beginning of the pandemic. It, it's been out there for a while. Adrian Wojnarowski had an initial report many months back about the idea that the league could do a midseason tournament, um, and that there could be player compensation as a way to get guys up for this tournament. Right. Cause most players would rather have time off than, than get paid, you know, 50 grand or whatever for playing in a tournament. So the NBA is proposing the idea of, could this be a million dollars per player on the team that wins this midseason tournament? And the idea of an in-season tournament has been around for a long time. Uh, Bill Simmons over at the ringer has been talking about it way back when he wrote for Grantland and probably even before that ESPN.com. He wrote about the idea of like, could you have an in-season play-in where the winner is guaranteed a playoff spot or, or maybe it's an immediate post-season play-in before the real playoffs start. Obviously now we've got an abbreviated version of that, but, um, could there just be like basically an exhibition tournament where the the guys that win, the players on the team that win, get cash? And so Sham Sharani brought this up again as something that was discussed on a league-wide call uh, this past week. It was the um, competition committee call. And the purse would be a, a million dollars per player on the team that wins the tournament. There's really no other details out there. I think this is fascinating. Um, to me, the biggest issue would be, and again, we don't know details, but say you have to, it's some sort of, um, I don't know. It's gotta be some sort of like almost March madness style tournament, one game at a time. You know, I guess you do the whole bracket, but you, you need like at least a week to complete it more than that, really realistically. So, you know, do teams really want to take, call it a two week break in the middle of the season? Because if you don't go deep in this tournament, you're off for two weeks and that's really gonna, you got to kind of ramp back up. On the flip side, if you play through the whole thing and you win it, you're going to get a lot less rest than teams that lose at the beginning. So the, the format, obviously, and that's those are going to be the biggest hurdles they have to clear, but I'm pretty sure you'll get guys that are willing to play in this thing for a million dollars a player. Um, and I think it's a really cool idea and a really kind of a fun twist on the play in tournament idea. And just to add some fun, especially for like, think of the Timberwolves in almost every any other year. Hopefully this year is different, obviously, but 
no hope by February. But if you have this tournament to look forward to, you never know. You could upset in any single game, you could upset the Nuggets or the Lakers or the Nets or whoever, um, and then advance to, you know, keep playing in this like mini playoff tournament. I think it's a really fun thing to think about. Um, so keep an eye on that. Obviously it's not happening this year. I'm sure it wouldn't happen next year. It's probably a couple years down the road, but I think it's a really cool idea. Um, okay. So next, what I want to talk about is this NBA predictions thing on ESPN. They have win loss predictions. These are kind of spit out by, um, their, their summer forecast group that they do. They have a bunch of an expert, expert panels that all, uh, submit how many wins they think each team will have. And then they average this out to get a projected record. And they did this for the Western conference a couple days ago on ESPN.com. They have it broken out into the contenders. Um, their second category is the play in group. Third category is the bottom five. And, uh, by my tone, you can probably tell which category the Timberwolves are in and how I feel about that, but I want to hit the high points of that and give the reasoning they gave for the Wolves being where they're at. And I'll give my rebuttal as to why I think that this is a, uh, a gross misrepresentation of where this Wolves team is likely to finish given relative health, which I think is something you have to assume if you're doing an exercise like this. So, uh, we'll get to that here in just a second and, uh, I'll give my, my candid thoughts. First though, let's talk about our friends at rock auto. Com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership Rock Auto is a family business. They have been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron now. Teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests than ever before, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football to basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, your initial deposit will be doubled just by signing up with the promo code NFL100. That's over at betonline.ag. Okay, let's talk about this ESPN article. So it's an ESPN Plus article. It's an insider article. So I can't read everything word for word. You need a subscription to access it, but I'll give the breakdown. So the first category is contenders. Um, Utah Jazz, LA Lakers, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Mavs, and the Warriors all with uh, between 48 and 55 wins. They have the Mavs and Warriors tied at 48 wins at the five and six position um, or positions respectively, I guess. I I buy that. I think that's a solid top six. I think you're hard, you know, the Blazers, or excuse me, not the Blazers, the Clippers would be the other team I would consider 
you know, maybe in that same group, maybe it's a top seven, including the Clippers. I'm on board with that. I think that makes sense. I even think the order is reasonable. Jazz Lakers, Suns, Nuggets. I may be, you know, that seems about right. Mavs, Warriors, Clippers. I'm good with that as the top seven. So then at number eight, as part of the playing group, they've got the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, and to be clear, the Clippers are number seven on this list as, as part of the playing group. I guess that's how you have to divide it up because seven through 10 are playing. But I think the Clippers are a safe seven. You've got the Clippers, uh, Portland Trailblazers, Memphis Grizzlies, and New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, according to this, again, this is a panel of ESPN experts. They don't give you the full list. Each submitted how many wins they thought each team would get. The Pelicans came out at 37 and 45 with the 10 seed in the West. 37 win team, eight games under 500 in this poll at the 10 seed. Um, I, well, okay. I'll present that without comment. So the Pelicans at 10. The next group is the bottom five. The Sacramento Kings at number 11 with 35 wins. The San Antonio Spurs at number 12 with 34 wins. The Timberwolves at uh, number 13 in the West, 31 wins. The Rockets and Thunder tied a distant 14th slash 15th, 22 wins, nine games behind the Wolves. So there's a few things about this that are crazy. Number one, um, I, I think the, the the first thing that pop, that comes to mind is how do you put the Kings and the Spurs ahead of the Timberwolves? I, you can make an argument for the Pelicans. I don't think there's a coherent argument that the Kings and Spurs are going to be better than the Wolves this year. Uh, barring, again, you have to assume, you know, immediate median injury luck this year, right? Or 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 bad luck, I guess. Um, you can't assume injuries. Remember, if the Wolves didn't have the injury issues last year, this is very likely close to a 500 team. You could argue the rosters improved this offseason by swapping out, you know, Rubio and, and Culver and Hernan Gomez for... Beverly, Prince, Balmaro, right? Um, so how is this team four games worse than the Kings, six games worse than the Pelicans? I, I like you could even argue that they that the Wolves are going to be. I think the Wolves and Grizzlies are going to be battling it out for like this, you know, in the eight nine range, right? Um, that's where I think they'll end up. And again, no official win prediction yet. I'm I'm holding off on that for a little while still. I'm reserving the right to to wait on making that call, but. If you're a regular listener, you know, I think the Wolves are going to be in the seven to 10 range. And I, I think very likely they will be eight or nine battling with the Grizzlies. I think they finish ahead of the Pelicans, but I, I can buy the argument that the Pelicans are 10 and the Wolves are 11. What I cannot wrap my mind around for the life of me is how you'd put the Kings and Spurs ahead of the Wolves, uh, a Wolves team with Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, um, and, uh, and some of these new pieces. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, and then, you know, Rockets and Thunder at 14 and 15, I get that. I would also probably put the Wolves ahead of the Spurs at this point um, pretty pretty comfortably, especially given, you know, no more DeMar DeRozan. Um, you know, Keldon Johnson's great, but but is, is the rest of that roster great? Like, are the Spurs really going to be better than the Wolves? I get that they've got a great coach, um, but putting the Wolves 13th is just beyond me. Um, I, don't, I don't know how, like, because again, you look at last year's record, and yeah, they were bad last year. But as as Wolves fans are well aware, their record with Russell and Towns in the lineup is 500 or better consistently um, over the past couple of years. And and so to to just assume that they're going to take this, I get not not a nosedive, but like basically plateau with a healthy roster that's arguably better, in my opinion, better than it was, even if it wasn't a splashy offseason to this point. Um, I just don't understand putting them at 13th. I just think it's crazy. 
So, uh, and I should say there's some commentary in here about it. Um, and I'll just read the paragraph that this is written by Royce Young, who's uh, a longtime Thunder reporter for ESPN, done some other stuff there. Um, and he says, the Wolves are intriguing in that they could be the next version of the Suns, a meandering franchise, which is maybe one of the kinder ways to describe the Timberwolves franchise. With a young superstar seemingly on the verge, the offseason didn't see any major retooling, but with Anthony Edwards' exciting rookie season and the pieces in place, the Wolves are opportunistic and looking to find their veteran that leads a jump. I think that's actually a pretty fair uh, synopsis, right? If you're going to write two sentences about the Wolves' offseason, and I've talked about the similarities between the Wolves and Suns. I actually think the Wolves and Hawks is maybe a better comparison. Um, the way the jump that the Hawks made last year versus the jump the Suns made. I mean, the Suns added Chris Paul. That was a major addition. And they did it, you know, Jake Carter was pretty significant, a starter for them. The Wolves haven't done anything to that level. The Hawks last year obviously made some notable deals, but their acquisitions didn't turn out to be major, right? Rajon Rondo was gone by the end of the year. Uh, Chris Dunn was injured barely in the rotation. They, uh, you know, that roster changed a little, but I guess Danilo Gallinari was a pretty big one, but really it was John Collins and Trey Young improving. Um, DeAndre Hunter was hurt, I guess, but you know, Kevin Herter got better. They had some other guys improve. I think the Wolves situation is actually more parallel or, or, or yeah, I guess it's a better parallel to the Hawks than it would be to the Suns. Um, but that's the blueprint, right? It's Towns healthy improving defensively. It's Russell healthy playing with Towns. It's Edwards playing like he did in March, April, May of last year. That right there is a 500 team. I mean, it just is. And then you add the defense I talked about earlier of Beverly, Akogi, emerging McDaniels, Vanderbilt getting minutes, Balmaro eventually being part of this rotation. I just don't see how you look at this roster and say, oh yeah, they're definitely 20 games below 500. I just don't see it. Um, I think the short-sightedness in the, the national perspective of, oh, this team was bad last year. They'll be bad again this year. It's just really lazy, um, I think is kind of where we're at at this point in the offseason. So um, don't worry, there'll be more of this. I'm sure we'll see plenty more predictions that are along these lines here in the next few weeks. Um, and uh, I will call out every one of them and depending on the analysis, kind of dig in a little bit deeper. But just know that this roster is not a 31 and 51 roster. It is, it is not, um, it's not going to win a championship. I'm sorry. It's not, but it's also not 31 and 51. That's just, that's just not a, a, a very likely outcome this year. Again, given relative health, which we have to assume, um, if we're doing these kinds of projections. Okay. Um, that's all for the show today. We'll be back of course, next week, one more week of Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows before, believe it or not, training camp starts the week after next. We'll be back to daily shows Monday through Friday and uh, plenty of course to talk about once training camp gets going. So be sure if you're not already following or subscribed to lockdown wolves, that you do that anywhere you listen to podcasts that of course includes Apple as well as Spotify, um, Google podcast, Stitcher, Odyssey, and of course, YouTube. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. A reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And then a final reminder also on this Friday, if you're not already following or subscribed to Lockdown NBA, you can do that wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also find Lockdown NBA. On Fridays, it's hosted by Nick Angstad of Lockdown Mavericks and Adam Morris of Lockdown Nuggets. They power rank the week that was in the NBA. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's also on YouTube as well. So be sure to check that out. All right, that's all I have for you today. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Once again, my name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We'll catch you next time.